Hey there, everybody. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News. Are you planning on heading to Wizard World Comic Con sometime this year? Well, we have a great deal for you. If you are planning to do so, you can get 10% off your ticket purchase by using the code DCNEWS at checkout. That's DC. N-E-W-S at checkout to save 10% off your tickets for Wizard World. And that's for any city that uh, that they will be doing. So make sure you head over to www.wizardworld.com slash tickets and use the code DCNEWS for 10% off. Hi, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the latest 23rd episode of the DC Comics News Podcast. Once again, um, slightly thin on the ground with the troops this week, but don't worry, you still have a dynamic duo talk to you. It won't just be me rambling on and on and on and on. Welcome, Kelly. How are you? What have you been up to? Hi, I'm good. You know, not not much. Just uh, enjoying the spring, sort of. Oh, it's it's definitely sprung a leak uh, here <laughs> in England at the moment, but that's kind of standard, isn't it? That um, we did have a wonderful, wonderful sunny, hot bank holiday weekend for Easter, but hey, you can't have everything. True, true, true. Absolutely. So let's get into it. First of all, we start with as usual the movie news, and at the top of the list is. We're either going to get a imminent casting news about who the new Batman is, um, but it may still be delayed because rumor has it that the script has been tweaked. So production may not begin at the end of 2019 as hoped, but at the beginning of 2020. Kelly, uh, what do you think about this new Batman news? I mean, I at this point, I feel like every time I've heard a story about Matt Reeves' Batman, that it is... It's almost a non-story. Like, it's, it's never something that's happening. It's something that might happen or could happen or that things are going to be happening later. But, like, I, I mean, in my head, I kind of feel like just tell us when something's going on. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just like every other bit of news is this is happening. It might not be happening. This person's it. No, no, no. Now he wants to cast younger. Um, the, the script's finished. The script's not finished. Can they make their minds up? Right? <laughs> or or cast somebody, or, I mean, any sort of movement where there's no villain confirmation, there's no, like, we know nothing about the movie except that they're making another Batman movie, but no worries, because this one's going to be even darker, which, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's, it's all non-news, like you say, we know the tone, I think that's about it. Matt Reeves says he wants to go detective, which is cool. He wants to cast the younger Batman. That's cool, because maybe we'll get more than two films out of the next one. But other than <laughs> that, you're right. No villain, no love interest, no Batman, no no, no nothing. And being a Batman fan, have I mentioned that? Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. I said yeah. that once or twice. I'm not sure. heard that. Being, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being a Batman fan, or actually being a comics fan or a movie fan in general, people just thinking, oh, yeah, wake me up when there's actual news. Seriously. Yeah. It is. I mean, this whole movie is a rumor. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's it's the National Enquirer reports. Yes, new <laughs> Batman film coming, starring an alien with three heads to shock <laughs> audiences, and the love interest will be a horse. Um, <laughs> I, I would take that. that. If they could confirm it, then fine, I'll take it. <laughs> hey, it'll be different. That is, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't oh. think they had that one. That'd be great. <laughs> We've had a bat cow, but no, no bat horses just yet. Um, Supergirl had a horse at one point, but we digress. Um, <laughs> so, yep, welcome to Bat Rumors Incorporated. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, Batman and movies and rumors, um, Jared Leto has said, yeah, he'll definitely be up for reprising the Joker. Now, have you seen those pictures from a few weeks back where they're from the Birds of Prey? where Harley's outside an apartment and Joker, who looks virtually exactly like Leto's, is throwing stuff at her out the window. I mean, could this be that he actually already has, but he's been forced to keep quiet? What, what, what do you think about this story? Oh, no. See, you know what? I hadn't seen those pictures, but my initial thought seeing that story was, nope, just no. Really? I'd, I'd rather him not have anything to do with it. If they're going to reboot, then get rid of what, to me, was one of the worst parts of the movie. I mean, I just... I. I like that he went into it kind of, you know, he went into it with a lot of passion, but I just did not enjoy that version of the Joker at all. I mean, I I don't know. It's just, he, he played well against Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, but I don't think, I just, I didn't like it. I didn't like the design. I didn't really think he added that much to the movie. Um, I would love it if he had nothing to do with this one. Right. But even though the, it's clearly not a reboot with Joel Kinnaman and Viola Davis and uh, everyone else uh, saying they are coming back, that it is going to be a sequel. Even Margot herself, would it not make sense that if Joker was involved, that it would be him? True, true. That's, see, that's, that's where I'm conflicted with this movie, because at first it was a sequel, then it was a reboot. Now it's obviously, you know, like you said, a sequel, so... I, I mean, my concern is, yes, you know, they can they can write a sequel that is significantly better than the first movie. But, I, I mean, I still have a lot of skepticism, I guess, about, about Leto being back. And really, I mean, when, you know what, no one in the cast besides Leto's Joker really bothered me. It was more of the story itself. So... You know, I, I, I'm conflicted. This And him being involved has me more conflicted. Right. Because I, I actually did really enjoy his take. I thought it was more close to the comic books. But hey, horses, of course, everyone's different because you're not a Bat, Batfleck fan either. And um, I am. So it's lovely speaking to everyone on this team because even though we don't agree with everything, we are still grown ups about it. And considering hey. that I'm the biggest kid I know, that's kind of funny. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's fun to have conversations. It's no fun having conversations with people that think exactly the same as you. That would Absolutely. be boring. <laughs> it would be so boring. So, but he says he'd be up for it, um, which is cool because even though he wasn't um, widely loved, it was it was a very at best mixed reaction. Um, like you said, he was very enthusiastic. He put his whole efforts into it. Uh, maybe uh, even the director said that had he been able to redo it the way he wanted to originally, it would have been the Joker as the main villain and none of the supernatural stuff that they brought in. And maybe that would have been a different film. We would have seen more of the 
joker that uh, Leto wanted to portray. But hey, if he's up for doing it again, um, if Robbie's still in, then there's chances. We'll just wait and see. Again, it's another thing that um, until it happens, it's just a rumor, isn't it? <laughs> That's I. If they could just get rid of the grill, I'm fine. That's it. Just, <laughs> just do. If they do that, then okay. I will because it's not Leto's a good actor. That's fine. But like, real, he didn't need that. He did not need a grill. I heard that the original storyline behind that was because he had his teeth knocked out by Batman so much. That was the reason he had it. But <laughs> hey. That's what I saw. I saw New Age, like, rapper Joker on screen. It's, in my head, I was like, wow, that is, that is shiny. 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 <laughs> shiny. <laughs> oh, speaking of Leto, then, um, it's a good way to segue into the next story of, of, of the, the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's sequel, reboot, both, neither. Hey, it's anybody's guess. Um, they have cast two more characters. They've, we've actually got a face to put behind Ratcatcher and Polka Dot Man. And good choices, I think, even though I'm not familiar, familiar with the actress who's coming in as Ratcatcher, uh, I'm very happy about the casting of Polka Dot Man. What about you? Yeah, no, I um, I think they're, especially because both Ratcatcher and Polka Dot Man are heroes, or not heroes, are, you know, characters, villains that aren't that well known. There isn't as much pressure on them to, you know, live up to some kind of predetermined standard that people have in their heads. So I think, you know, as long as they're enthusiastic about it and they go into it, you know, wanting to make something good and watchable, I, I think it'll be fantastic. And um, it's interesting that, Ratcatcher is going to be a woman, but I'm—I mean, I'm all for it. That sounds—that that sounds different. It sounds cool. Absolutely, I'm happy about that too. Because again, it'll add a little bit more of a balance to the movie, a different um, aspect. And at the end of the day, Otis Flanagan, the, the Ratcatcher in the comics, um, yes, yeah, so he's a dude. So what? Um, they changed Valkyrie in the Marvel movies. All, all sorts of things that. Uh, being tossed in the heads and if she's a good actress and she could pull across the vulnerability and the scary side of Ratcatcher then yeah fantastic but um, the casting of, of Polka Dot Man's got me really excited I mean you must have seen David is it Dalmatian that has spelled that without so. butchering it um, he's great in the Ant-Man movies but he's also done uh, Gotham he's done comic book movies coming out of the wise. he's been in tons of stuff and he's just kind of scary looking but not I can't describe <laughs> do you know what I mean he's got a vaguely menacing face yeah because <laughs> you can't put your finger on it but there's something there that's a little bit sinister Something that's slightly not right. Yes, definitely. I'm sure and if he heard this, he'd feel so flattered. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's a cracking act. I mean, I loved him in um, in Dark Knight, where he was one of the Joker's lackeys. He he can do slightly unhinged. He can do funny. And yet, in Ant-Man, he's actually a really lovable, kind of cool, laid-back, slightly off-the-wall guy. So that's a perfect fit for polka dot man i think right right yeah and i i mean i also enjoyed uh, in the same vein that polka dot man is it is someone who in the comics tried to make his name doing sp- 
spot themed crimes. I mean, I, like, uh, I something like that could only come out of like golden age writing, and it is it, that's hilarious. I mean, how are they going to bring that into the twenty first century? Uh, right. Spot as in zip, zit release related. <laughs> He'll only attack people with bad skin who need lots of lotion and ointment. <laughs> you just never know which way they can go. I'm, I'm, now that you mention it, I'm really, really... Because before I was just laughing at, you know, spot-themed crimes is quite an ambition <laughs> for a criminal. But I, how that's going to translate now, you know, what is it? Almost, almost a, if we're talking 1930s, almost 100 years later, uh, that's going to be interesting as anything. It's That'll goodness. be fun steal classic puzzle books with uh, dot to dot puzzles and uh, <laughs> it, it could go anywhere but um <laughs> uh, interesting casting um i know nothing about the um, the other lady apart from the fact that she's got a really interesting look she looks kind of um those cat-like green eyes and stuff and you, you could see her i don't know she, she, she's got not a rodent-like quality she's a very attractive young lady but there's something quite otherworldly about her look too. I think. Do, do you agree? I do. I do. I <laughs> making fun of everyone's faces today, but yeah, no. It's in an odd way. I can see her in the role. I, right. I don't. It's again something I can't put my finger on. I don't know what it is about her face that looks rat catchery, but <laughs> she. I, I think that's a brand new <laughs> adjective. I like it. I'm going to see. She looks rat catchery. <laughs> That's, and I mean that's that's not even an insult. There's I like Ratcatcher. He's he's a fascinating and weird weird character. Absolutely. Is, I mean it's I if and if anything you can always if you wanted to take a serious or or serious or wow more serious end to it. You know there is kind of that. I think the character is supposed to be very isolated and kind of finds finds a home where he can make a home. So to see her do that would be really interesting, especially with a team like the Suicide Squad, because they're all you know the island of misfit toys, pretty much. So that'll be fun. Absolutely, yeah. And what a different different being the operative word team. Um, I mean, the, the first lot were like a more classic comic book Suicide Squad. But this is so off the wall and so James Gunn that I don't know if any other director could make that kind of mishmash of really oddball characters work. And then you throw in John Cena as the peacemaker and Rick Flagg and Harley. This could be, um, yeah, very different. Very interesting. I feel like, have you ever read those... uh what is it, the regrettable superheroes anthology books that just show you the weirdest superheroes that ever came out? I feel like yeah. he scrolled through one of those and was like, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> those and um, the, the Dial H for Heroes, we just don't know who he's going to become. He's just going to dial it into <laughs> strange robot donkey person from Planet Zog. <laughs> they tell you his origin. Yeah, brilliant. Um well, I just don't know what to expect from this film. And they're getting, they're actually, this is a movie that's giving us news and I still yeah. don't know oh. what to expect from it. And that's, isn't that fun? I mean, if anything, it's, I think we're all running kind of on blind faith in uh, James yeah. Gunn, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's proven himself with Guardians of the Galaxy and enough so that Marvel fired him and hired him back. So I I still have full faith in this. I think it's going to be great. That whole thing was a farce. They hired him after those uh, 
strange tweets that painted him in a bad light and he'd already apologized for that and he made two films before they fired him so you know that that whole thing was it was just a complete joke and honestly if i was in his position i'd probably do the third um guardians galaxy and then tell them to go do one to be quite honest and carry on doing whatever (laughs) i wanted hey that's just me once bitten twice shy but he's getting his his way again with uh, the production designer who uh was going to be on the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 before he was let go and then rehired is now actually going to be the production designer on the Suicide Squad film too and uh, looking at what she's done great um, and it's going to bring another different look to the movie what do you think about that? I think that's fantastic I mean it's I, th- I think we've spoken before about how you know when you have a creative team that works keeping them together can be a really positive thing um, so I, I think it's fantastic that he has so many people from, you know, his time at Marvel who are not only willing to come over and do Suicide Squad with him, but, you know, are willing to bounce back and forth and follow him because it seems like they have a lot of faith in, you know, in, in Gunn as a director. So I, you know, I think it'll be fantastic. I think he's good at picking out talent and good at, you know, kind of helping people work to their highest capacity. So I, I think it's a really good idea. He does seem to inspire loyalty from everyone who works with him. Everyone who's made a film with him wants to make more. David Bautista famously said when he was fired that um, he didn't think he'd want to come back and do a third Guardians movie without him. And that um, says a lot to the audience about what working with this man is like and, and also sheds a light on why his film's are so well crafted because everyone who works on them enjoys working with him and enjoys making the film. So I think, yeah, you're right. It could only be a good thing when someone else really wants to jump on board. And then the fact that she, again, is not just doing Suicide Squad 2 with him, uh, she will go and do the third Guardians movie as well. Yeah, he seems to be a great leader in the world of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, it is tough to find especially a creative leader who can bring out the best in their team. So, you know, that, that makes him a very unique type of talent. And it's, it's no wonder that Marvel hired him back. I mean, they shouldn't have gotten rid of him in the first place. But if anything, it proves that he's a fantastic get for DC. Absolutely. And you hear so many nightmare stories in the world of Hollywood about how some directors are nightmares to work for. They might be great visionaries, this, that, and the other, but they're impossible to please and they're taskmasters, they're cracking the whip and everyone hates working with them. But when you hear these stories about James Gunn, all you ever hear is positive, positive, positive. So that just makes me happier and makes me look forward to the Suicide Squad movie uh, more than I did with the first one. Right. Right, exactly. Right, so the next movie story we have is uh, definitely, definitely one that uh, makes me smile from ear to ear growing up in the late 80s and early 90s. I remember the original black and white Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and when James Tynan and uh, Freddie Williams did the first Batman Turtles crossover, I thought, how is this ever going to (laughs) work? Not only did it work, it spawned two sequels. The third one is just starting now, and uh, the brilliant Batman TMNT Adventures uh, comic as well, which is superb. But we finally got our first video clip of the new film and some great new still images as well. I am really, really excited about this one. Are you totally turtilicious, Kelly? 
Oh, absolutely. I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, I like, I would say Batman and them pairing up is probably my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing that I looked at today. I mean, it is just, especially because, you know, it's from the clip, Batman is approaching this all as, you know, he's treating them as villains and he's ready to, you know, actually go up against them. And it's, I mean, it's safe to assume that by the end of it, they're all going to be best friends. But I, I think it's going to be a really fun ride to see it get from, you know, point A to point B. And, you know, and, and just kind of the silliness of it. Because it's, you know, with how dark yeah. Batman is and how serious and now it's he's going to be fighting giant turtles or, you know, Barbara called them lizard people. Like, it, it looks <laughs> like it's going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, the, that trailer is great, isn't it? From Barbara Batgirl just being so damn awesome throwing the notepad in the guy's face when when the ninja throwing stars are in the air and knocking people over and getting them to the ground and ducking and diving through the gas bombs and then the turtles appearing and all you see is a flash of color from their bandanas you don't see anything right. else it's beautifully directed for an animated movie and yeah. like you said batman just being Batman. <laughs> so. it's severe silly and severe brooding at the same time. I love it. Right. And um, the other, the great news with that one, and this it, blew my mind, the fact that the, the voice of Batman, the actor playing Batman, is also going to be playing the Joker. So we're going to have the first time ever where one actor is going to portray both characters in the one film and that's just mind-blowing troy baker's gonna be both batman and joker what do you make of that that's i i mean i am so interested to see how that goes because and i know there are you know a lot of voice actors who have had success playing multiple roles in one show um you know and and with dc animation it's no different but to actually see someone play batman and the joker at this like in the same film is going to be i i mean it's either going to be amazing or terrible, I think. So I'm really hoping that, you know, it's it's a credit instead of a downside. Absolutely. I mean, it's the first time it's happened on film, for sure. But I do remember, and this is probably long before your time, I'm going to show my age again here. <laughs> but do you remember the um, Nightfall storyline from the comics where Bane broke Batman's back? Oh, yeah. As well yeah. and all that. Well, they did a... Um, audio drama of that and awesome. it was fantastic and the guy who played the Azrael Batman also played the Joker so there were scenes where it must have been a nightmare to do in audio where he had to play lines off himself a lot there was wow. there was one part of the major storyline where the Joker decides to come to Gotham and, and make a movie and call the movie Death of Batman and the set's invaded by the new more mean, more vicious, uh, gauntlet-bladed Jean-Paul Valley Azrael Batman. And he looks at the way this Batman fights and takes down his goons. And just by his fighting style, he says, hang on, that's not my Batman. That's not the Batman I fought. That's somebody else. That's an imposter. And he almost hates this version of Batman even more. But those two, um, all that dialogue was one actor playing against himself. So... I'm fascinated to see that what that's going to be like in a new film. Yeah, that's and I mean that's that is tough to do. That would be so impressive. 
because I mean, yeah, yeah, they're so different. They're on such different levels as as characters. As you know, it that mm, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to do it when I've been reading comics, especially when my boy was little. I used to read comics to him, and I always used to try and emulate uh, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. And trying to do both characters when they're in one story was damn hard. So, Troy <laughs> Baker, my hat's off to you, my friend. Wow. Yeah, that's that'll be something else. Looking forward to that. I mean, that, that's one I think I'm going to have to pick up the, the moment it's available. Yeah, yeah. that, And I am actually really happy to see that, uh, you know, that Batgirl's going to play a role in it. Because I, I haven't heard in, uh, in any anything animated since i think the killing joke and i i feel like she just deserves the win after that because that was that was tough it was awful it was, it was <laughs> terrible do you know i've actually gone to the trouble of editing that and removing that story from the beginning so i literally just got the warner opening titles in the rain and then batman going to arkham asylum and it's more or less the same as the comic now i've removed that whole mm. batgirl subplot from the beginning because it's rubbish exactly what they should have done that's i mean yeah. i got that they wanted to make um you know because there's so much controversy be- behind that girl's role in the killing joke i get that they wanted to give her more of a story and a little bit more um you know i guess more more of a role in the story that changed so much for her character for so long but they could have done anything else like they could have they literally could have written anything else and it would have been better couldn't agree more they could have just literally had an older story where she'd faced the Joker and he terrified her and then him coming to her door. That whole subplot and the whole, which I it's, felt I mean, forced romance with Batman. What the hell was that about? That was so creepy. That was so weird. And like, and I mean, I, I like the killing joke. I would have been fine with them just doing the killing joke material. I mean, and, and at least that way they're sticking to their guns of, you know, we're going to tell this story instead of, oh, we're going to make the story okay, but then you made it worse. I mean, that's just, I if they were going to do that, they should have just stuck with the normal material. I could not agree more. Absolutely correct. Yep. But this one looks like they're going to do it right. And, you know, if this Batman Turtles movie works, if we get another two and they complete the trilogy the way that they are in the comics, then that's a trilogy that's going to be right up there with Lord of the Rings and the Christopher Nolan. <laughs> 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 Cinematic <laughs> history. <laughs> Forget Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Batman Teenage Mutant <laughs> is a new all-time trilogy. Godfather? What Godfather? That's going to be the artsy poster people have in their dorm room now. <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of sequels, um, those photos and that production and set design for Wonder Woman 84, I mean, does that film not look like it's going to be absolutely visually at least stunning? Oh, I'm so excited. That looks, I mean, and I loved the first Wonder Woman. I love Patty Jenkins. I love Gail Godot. But, I mean, that it looks like that is going to be an absolutely breathtaking movie. I am so excited. Oh, here, here. It looks like it's going to be absolutely magic. I mean, the 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 look of the film, the way it's so eighties, but so now. I mean, the with with Diana standing in front of the panel of screens, and um, I don't know what that is in front of her. She's looking down that that staircase on on, on that platform there, 
that the whole look of this movie and the older shot, um, do you remember where she seems to be standing in some sort of disco and looking back towards the camera and that's actually in her Wonder Woman armor in her, in her uniform. It's visually, it looks like it's going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, completely. And I mean, the, I, I wasn't around for the eighties, but from what I've seen on TV, it looked like it was a very, I mean, strong visually with color and style. It is a very distinctive time period and a very, you know, visually interesting time period. So to see them, kind of stylize it and then fit it to a Wonder Woman story is going I, I think it's gonna be beautiful. Oh absolutely well Patty Jenkins is a fantastic director and I love the first Wonder Woman movie as well. So um with her on board, they've got Lindy Hemming back doing the costumes who did a fantastic job on the first one and Gal as well. That that's a trio made in heaven as far as I'm concerned. Really looking forward yeah. to that. So so much. And what I will say is that, yeah, you say you, you missed, you weren't around for the 80s. In the words of Austin Powers, the 80s, gas shortage and a flock of seagulls. That's <laughs> it. Um, there was oh, a lot God. more work. <laughs> Let's try and end it on, on a, on a <laughs> note. Um, though, that's about it for the movie news. It's mainly movie news tonight as, as point of fact. So, as always, uh, we'll take a little break there and receive a word from our sponsors. Hey there, everybody. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News. Are you planning on heading to Wizard World Comic Con sometime this year? Well, we have a great deal for you. If you are planning to do so, you can get 10% off your ticket purchase by using the code DCNEWS at checkout. That's DC. N-E-W-S at checkout to save 10% off your tickets for Wizard World. And that's for any city that uh, that they will be doing. So make sure you head over to www.wizardworld.com slash tickets and use the code DCNEWS for 10% off. Back to you guys. And welcome back. Yep, this is the DC Comics News Podcast. We've talked about the movies. Now we're going to talk about TV for a little bit. And a couple of uh, new stories have come up. First of all, some um, interesting, I guess, is the right word, images from the upcoming Watchmen production. A couple of flags, one a pirate, one an alternate US flag. And uh, yeah, intriguing's the word interesting what did you make of this stuff kelly i i i mean extremely extremely mixed feelings because on one hand um you know it does look like they're going to be using the um the black freighter line which wasn't in you know in the movie that came out so i like that they're going to be using some of the material that was just in the book and you know we haven't seen on screen yet but I mean, I, I do worry that it is, you know, not an exact adaptation. And I, I mean, I feel like, again, it's, it's almost non-news, but then at the same time, it's, I mean, this is saying something. I just have no idea what it's saying. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm hoping, and like, I would love to know what they mean by not a direct adaptation, because it's, you know, any movie driving from a book is, an adaptation that's obviously going to miss little bits and pieces that just can't translate into, uh, you know, can't translate off the page or 
in the case of Watchmen, because they have, you know, the little side stories, that's kind of difficult to include. But does this mean that we're going to be seeing, you know, a different world? Is this a different United States? I am a little concerned about that. I'm a little concerned, but also a tiny bit intrigued because that a flag, that new red, white and blue flag leads me to believe. Well, obviously, we know that Watchmen is a parallel world anyway, an alternate timeline with the whole Nixon thing and uh, America winning the Vietnam War thanks to Dr. Manhattan and the way history diverged from there. But even before that, with the actual um, real life costumed vigilantes appearing on the streets in the 40s and the whole way that comic books starring superheroes because superheroes were real in that reality led the way to having comic books more based on pirates and something else it just looks to me like they're actually going to play that whole parallel timeline alternate universe card a bit more um which intrigues me because i've always loved those worlds just like ours but slightly different feel do you know what i mean right yeah, that's true. That's that's a good point. I mean, I yeah, I guess because Watchmen, I mean, the way the way it was written and sort of that portrayal of superheroes in a more realistic vein, there's a part of me that almost expects it to mirror exactly our world. So if they are playing with that a little bit more, that that won't necessarily be a bad thing. My hope is that they don't kind of overdo it or get overzealous yeah. and then make it you know, something that doesn't resemble the original work. That's it. There's there's nothing wrong with fleshing things out and making them, obviously, because to fill a two-hour, three-hour movie, they had to cut so much. But to make a show which could theoretically run for a few seasons, they would have to flesh out a little bit more. But there's fleshing out, and then there's going all Tumblr fan fiction on things, isn't there? Right, right. That's what we don't want. Exactly, yeah. But what I do like to see is the production values, again, look pretty decent. I mean, that bit on Mars, um, Dr. Manhattan's Fortress on Mars, and they spelled Dr. Manhattan wrong, which was really annoying, but that's just me being Mr. English teacher and Captain punctua- Punctuation, Captain Grammar. Um, but it looks pretty pretty nice, pretty well made, do you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I mean, that's I was happy to hear that it's HBO behind this because they tend to, at least in the past, I'd say five years or so, they tend to make relatively high quality shows. Um, so at the very least, I'm hoping, you know, special effects wise and stylistically, it'll look, you know, it, it'll look good. It'll look a little bit better than, you know, perhaps if, uh, you know, ABC or something like that yeah. was doing it. The CW, can you imagine? Uh, nope. <laughs> save yourselves from the shoddy cgi i mean yeah this is hbo they made that little show what's it called game of something rather throne throne oh, right, chess right, right. the one with, the, uh, show, the, dragons, the, one with the dragons yeah yeah that, that one and that that looked okay <clears throat> yeah so yeah good I'm i'm happy with that too lovely um, and now, again, I think that I'm going to have to steal your phrase, Kelly. I loved your non-news. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a picture from the set of Stargirl with uh, our heroine in full costume with a certain Mr. Jeff Johns. And um, is is this actually a story or is this just another cute little behind-the-scenes picture? What do you make of that? Um, I mean, I see it as 
definitely just a behind the scenes picture. It's, I wouldn't call it a news story in the sense that it's not giving us anything new about, you know, about the show or about the character, but it is nice to see that, you know, it looks like they're having fun. She still looks fantastic. So, um, I mean, it definitely, it's not a negative, but I wouldn't exactly call it, uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, I wouldn't call it news per se. (laughs) Hardly earth shattering news, but what did come out of it, and I didn't know this and, um, this does make me see a little bit more why they're making this show. Apparently, Lee, Lee Johns and Lee Moda created the character of Courtney Whitgirl as a tribute to Jeff John's sister who passed away on that shocking TWA Flight 100 Red Air disaster in 96. That that I did not know at all. Oh, wow. And yeah, that's... That, that was more to me a story that, than the, the, the little photograph with, with, with Jeff... And uh, with yeah. uh, Star Girl, so to get something as dark as that, and, and to create honestly one of the most positive, life-affirming superheroes in the history of the genre, um, that's actually increased my admiration of Jeff Johns a little bit. I think. Yeah, yeah, and especially, I mean, to because I, I feel like Star Girl is one of those heroes that. A lot of people who don't, you know, consistently read the comics or aren't consistently involved with the DC universe may not be that familiar with. So to know that she has this really harrowing, important base is, I I mean, I think that's really good to put out there, especially before the show comes out, because that's going to make people who might not have watched it otherwise kind of want to see it. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, they've had tiny little glimpses in in, in animation and in... uh legends of tomorrow but to have a show around her and a show which again clearly and that's one thing that dc universe streaming service is doing brilliantly is visualizing these characters and uh, and and literally ripping them off the the comic book and throwing them at the screen in such a brilliant way that um they, they haven't let me down yet adored titans yeah. i'm in love with doom patrol <laughs> i'm excited as hell for something and now with this real deep emotional background for stargirl which i didn't know was there i'm just even more excited than ever yeah this is before this might have been a show that i skipped but now i i mean it's how would someone write a tribute to a dead family member I, that's always you know whew. Because then she represents so much more. Whatever we see her represent, kind of, I guess, then would have two layers to it. Because there's the layer of what it represents to him personally as, you know, his sister. And then what does it represent outward? What is he trying to tell people by making this character? So I absolutely would would watch it now. Oh, absolutely. Because she was inspiring enough as it is. But when you realize that she's based on such a tragic story of, of someone young and with so much life to lead... And that was cut short and taken away. That just adds so many layers and so much more texture to the character that, I mean, I was interested in the beginning being a huge Justice Society nerd, but um, now I'm more invested than ever. So kudos to Mr. Johns and the whole production team for getting this story off the ground. And I wondered why Stargirl? Um, now I'm I'm actually saying, yay, Stargirl, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And um, I mean, yeah, wow, that is, that is so tragic. That is, that's hard. Mm. 
But uh, I, I mean, mean, it's probably a proud moment for him to see that on screen then. And now looking at that photograph and you see him there with her, you can actually feel that a bit more, can't you? It's uh, Now it's, it feels it's a, like news. Yeah. yeah. Right, so from one secret um, tragic family story to six secrets or the secret six and... The Batman Who Laughs, I don't know if you've been reading it, has been a story which has just blown my socks off. And it's being extended by one more issue to introduce a storyline that's going to continue into the new ongoing Batman Superman comic book. So that, again, has got me um, wanting to go out and rob some banks for even more cash to throw <laughs> DC Comics. Um, how, how do you feel about this piece of news, Kelly? Oh, I'm, I'm so excited this sounds like it's going to be absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, the, the Batman Who Laughs as a character has been fascinating from day one. Um, and then, you know, just to see, because he is, you know, a version of Batman that went from hero to villain, to see that there are other heroes who are turning and either, you know, like it said in the article, they, you know, are kind of a Jekyll and Hyde situation where they don't realize they are, or there are heroes that know that they are, is going to be so interesting, because I could just see him antagonizing them to, you know, a breaking point. It's scary, isn't it? It's it is. <laughs> the, the, the whole, with, with horror movies, I've always found the ones that deal with the supernatural and stuff, I can take a little more lightly and just go along with the ride and have fun with, whether it be it or or monsters or zombies or demons or whatever else. But to me, the, the, the horror films that are really scary are the ones where the more domestic thing, that something in your house or you can't get out or something that's so close to you. Like with the Amityville horror, it was the house itself or with the uh, person you think is your neighbor and your best friend who's secretly the, the murderer. The fact that six DC heroes, and it could be, anybody have been infected right. by the Batman who laughs and could turn at any moment. And like you said, the even more scary part is some of them already know where some of them are going to be caught by surprise and it's just going to come out of them. I mean, how many great stories can you get out of that? Right. That is an amazing setup. And, and it already has me, like I want to go back and read things I haven't even read yet because it's, I mean, who is it is my second question. Are there clues already? Has this been, you know, is this already embedded? And, you know, will it make sense in retrospect or is it going to totally blindside everybody? Well, looking at the uh, interviews with, with Josh Williamson and um, David Marquez, that uh, it seems like some of the seeds have been sown. Um, going back as far as Dark Knight's Metal, then... Um, no justice and obviously the pages of justice league it's all going to tie in i think with this whole year of the villain thing and right. with an ongoing uh, batman superman title again i'm, I'm there straight away the, the, the big two heavy hitters of uh, of, of the dc universe mm -hmm. I, I mean it does again i'm just being nostalgic uh, why are they still calling this the comic batman superman and i mean I, I I enjoyed the movie Batman v Superman, whereas a lot of people didn't. But shouldn't they actually be putting that title behind them and bringing back world's finest? Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, I I would like to see that. That would be, and unless it leads into it down the road, you know, maybe there's maybe this is just part one of an entire, you know, thing. 
Yeah, maybe. But to see those two, because it's fascinating for me where where Batman always had the most interesting rogues gallery of villains. What I loved about Superman was that his biggest enemy was actually a human being. So I'm dying to see Superman face to face with the Batman who laughs because he's actually looking at his best friend in Batman but also looking yeah. at something he hates and is terrified of in the Joker. Because the Joker's given Superman some tests uh, back in the day as well. So that whole dynamic of, of Batman looking at his best friend and his worst enemy in one body is something else that I'm really looking forward to. What about you? Right, yeah. And I, I'm excited also to see how that affects their relationship. How, um, you know, how does... Because they, they have played Batman and Superman against each other, um, you know, like in in The Dark Knight, where it's in the book, The Dark Knight, where they don't like each other. And so is this going to kind of flip them to is, is Superman going to become anti-Batman at this point? It's so many fascinating ways it could go. I mean, have you been reading the uh, Batman Who Laughs miniseries? I've read I started with I believe I've I'm into the second one. But um, I remember him from the Dark Knight, or the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight's Metal, and I won't say anything he then, is so disturbing. Happens, yeah, oh, disturbing is not the word. Um, something <laughs> happens um, between issue three and four, where you will even look at our Batman and think, hmm, really? Oh, God. <laughs> so, oh, Lord. have Superman feel that the same way, and the fact that... Uh, what was six issues is going to lead to a seventh, which is going to lead to the Batman Superman title has got me absolutely intrigued. And some of the artwork that's been uh, published to tease it looks gorgeous. And this is a guy, the artist, Abby Marquez, who's only worked for Marvel up until now and wanted to go totally creator owned. But according to him, he, he read the script, he read the premise and he was hooked. So right. that's going to give you cause for confidence, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if if someone who wasn't interested at all in a project can be brought on by what, you know, what it's going to be and what the story is, then that says, you know, that says everything about the story. And I mean, who like I can't think of a writer who shouldn't want to write the Batman who laughs especially, because he is, I mean, he's the Batman that cracks. He's the one who actually folds under the pressure. And seeing what that would look like if, you know, all, everything that the Joker says and, you know, he actually folds under that one bad day would be, I mean, it's its terrifying. He is the scariest villain I think I've ever seen. Without a doubt. I mean, Joker's bad enough as the antithesis of Batman, the, the chaos to his order, but... To see a Batman become that which he fears and despises the most, a Batman that loses control. Because honestly, Batman, if he put his mind to it, could be the miracle man of the DC universe. He could be the character that does take over and decide, listen, I've had enough of this. It's going to be my law. Um, it's going to be my rules. I'm going to just run this place and there's nothing you can do about it because I know all your weaknesses. But at, at heart, even though he says he isn't, he's a good man. To have a Batman that totally loses control, I mean, I don't think there's anything much scarier. Really? There's real. I mean, there's nothing. And 
to add him to a title where other heroes are also going to turn is, I mean, they are, they are so screwed. Everyone is so screwed. <laughs> that's like, that's, that's the worst nightmare. I think that's why Amanda Waller even wanted a suicide squad for this exact eventuality that they flipped, that they're not the good guys anymore. And back in the day, I mean, I'd look at the suicide squad and think, Waller, what are you on? And I'm thinking, damn, she was right from the start. Why didn't everybody listen to her? This is scary. Have you read um, the Year of the Villain one shot, the free comic book day special? No, I haven't yet. Because they they, they make things even worse. Because they put 30 characters, 30 of DC's finest characters, their faces, across a two-page spread and say six of these characters... Are the secret six, that, and when you look at those rough. faces, you just go, "OMFG, I'm <laughs> scared." Because oh, everyone's—it's not just like um, your Blue Beetles or your Booster Gold. I mean, Wonder Woman's there, Martian Manhunters there, Green Lanterns are there, and you're thinking, "Oh boy, mm. a Batman turned bad is one thing." But another six, yeah, this is going to be crazy. Now, see, and now I'm speculating in my head, like who, who is it? Because there's there's a small part of me that could see it being Wonder Woman. You know, since you mentioned her, just I know I haven't read all of her, um, you know, her rebirth title, but I know there is, you know, this kind of underlying line of her battling with herself in terms of she doesn't feel. Normal. She doesn't feel like she is herself. So if that's been what this is leading up to, then that is that's scary. And a lot of that comes to the fore as well. In, in and and I know I go on about this, and I've already converted two of our loyal troops. Hi, Brad. Hi, Seth. I'm so sorry <laughs> that I dragged you into the world of Justice League Dark, but that's a, a big part of Justice League Dark as well. We see Diana as a child infected by um, the, the witch. The, and uh, and her having some untapped magical abilities and her being possessed by a power she cannot control. And she seems to be rid of it. It seems to have been absorbed by Circe, but I think there's more to come, especially with the light of the new, <coughs> spoiler alert, um, Lords of Chaos, who are going to be coming into the Justice League Dark over the next couple of months. I think that's going to tie in because... Um, it also, at the end of the uh, Year of the Villain, do pick it up, 25 cents, folks. It's going to be 20, best 25 cents you've ever spent. Um, does say that this Year of the Villain stuff is going to cross over with virtually every DC title, including um, Justice League Dark, Batman, Batgirl, and all the rest. So, yeah, Wonder Woman would be one to really be worried about. That's, I mean, any of them, but especially... I, I can't even, I'm, I'm so wrapped up in the Wonder Woman now, I'm thinking, okay, so who else is terrifying? Who else would I not want to, I wouldn't want to get in a fight with any of them. No, the whole thing will be terrifying. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm also not a superhero, I wouldn't win, but... <laughs> Let's be brave then. So, see, Wonder Woman's your first pick for a Secret Six member. Name another five that you would hate for it to be, but then also would be intrigued just because of who they are. Who, who do you think the other five might be? Um, you know, I would hate to see, oh, Hawk Girl for one. She ah. is, 
she's a tough cookie. She is, I mean, she's already kind of terrifying. So her evil would be something else. Yep. Good call. Then, mm, oh, Lord. They're, they would all be such, such, because, I mean, Martian Manhunter, he would be terrifying as. Oh, his power levels. I mean, he can, he can do pretty much anything. He can, he can phase through things. He, oh, nope. Mm -mm. That's, I mean, really, really all of them. Any of them are a threat, except maybe (laughs) Oh, Lord. Let me name a couple then. One that would be intriguing, and because of his recent movie and because of his pure innocence at heart i mean could you imagine billy batson could you imagine captain marvel sorry i keep doing that could you imagine shazam as one of them oh lord that would be bringing out the selfish child in him the one that says i want the power i want to have everything i want to all work that could be serious because again his power levels and the fact that even superman has lost the fight to him that could be scary That's and I think it's been so long since I read Kingdom Come, but I think he is kind of a li- not he and I mean he's not exactly a villain, but I if I'm if I'm not mistaken, he does kind of go up against them, and he is a ridiculous force to be reckoned with. So I if it was him and Wonder Woman alone, if it was even just those two, they're in huge trouble. Right, because that was exactly what I was thinking too. That dark. Um, Shazam from from the Kingdom Come stories would be something to see in the real mainstream DC universe because Kingdom Come again was was a parallel world or par- alternate future that almost that took over with the Kingdom and all the sequels. So yeah, Shazam to me would be a really really scary one. But how about any of the Green Lanterns? Any oh, of- Lord, that yeah. Oh, because they they can do. So- oh my God. With the rings and that they can do so much, they can especially if um, because see and now I'm trying to match them in my head for what pair or what group would be the worst possible group. That's they. I mean, there should be a full on, you know, bet list for all of these. Ooh, you're onto something. If you're listening, <laughs> bookies, there. <laughs> <laughs> odds on superheroes turning bad. Film it a little. Um, <laughs> But I mean, remember as well how Jordan's passed when he was taken over by Parallax, and he he was actually one of DC's greatest villains. I right. could see still be there in him to 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 revert. I mean, yeah. I mean, so many possibilities. This is one little storyline which could really turn out to be something absolutely spectacular, and I'm so looking forward to it. Right, yeah, yeah. And actually, who's the most innocent of them? Who is the who is the sweetest, most innocent person in the DC well, universe? Um, probably oh. Stargirl. And oh, now that I've heard her backstory, no, anyone but her. Not her. <laughs> I'll take Shazam. I mean, <laughs> oh, well, boy, that'll be interesting. Nuts. Absolutely crazy. Well, that's our comic stories taken care of so um what else have you been reading or watching in the world of dc over the last seven or so days so i actually yesterday finally finished um mother panic gotham ad which it's the after 
Milk Wars for the end of The Young Animals, they did these, I, I guess, kind of short six-issue endings to each of the titles. And I loved Mother Panic. And it's funny that we're talking about Ratcatcher, because there is a version of Ratcatcher in Mother Panic. And I finally finished it last night. It was really, really good. Like, end of, or I'm sorry, edge of my seat kind of reading. It did wrap up a little bit nicely. It was kind of sweet at the end, a little, you know, happy ending-y. But I, I absolutely love it. It is such a weird alternate version of Gotham. And, I mean, she's just... She's kind of a terrifying character. I don't think I don't know if she's ever going to come back, but she's a little scary herself. Oh, they have to bring her back. Both her miniseries were great, and then when you add that whole Doom Patrol, Suicide Squad, Milk Wars, everything else to it, and the fact that Young Animals coming back, I did not know that. Wow! Oh, I'm excited. I love Young Animals those. Jared um, Way's bringing us a brand new Doom Patrol series it's all happening in the next uh, next few months um so yes young animal imprint is returning so they have to bring mother panic back after those stories yeah good call kelly nice one i like that any any others um well you know what actually now that i'm thinking of it i did start um re-watching batman beyond which now that again now that i'm thinking of it is actually another appearance of rat catcher he's He's in it a lot. Wow. He's in a lot of things. Over. He's taking over so much. He's, he's actually, she's taking over and she's taking over so much. Rat catches, rat catches everywhere. Just, it's been subliminally, I guess, in my head all week because I started rewatching that. And yeah, rat catcher kidnaps Dana, who may or, or kind of, kind of is, kind of isn't Terry's girlfriend. I never really got what their relationship is. Because he goes on other dates, but I, whatever. <laughs> Point being, there is a lot of rat catcher out there. <laughs> it really is. I mean, what? It, I, that was the one thing I remember as a kid when I saw the show, thinking, you know, why does he keep going on dates with other girls? And they're just still cool. They're fine. But I, I mean, I guess that's that's life. The future. I don't know. That's the way they'll do things in thirty or forty years' time. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. I, don't know. I, it's it's funny you say that actually because I, I'm a huge fan of the ongoing monthly Batman Beyond comic, where um, it, it does continue perfectly from the TV series, but also um, after the massive um, Future's End storyline that DC did at the end of the New Fifty Two, um, and Terry is actually in. A relationship with Dana at the beginning of the series, but then they break up. And don't know if you remember how, how much of Batman Beyond did you see first time around, or is it quite vague from then? How much have you seen? Now you're recatching up with it. I mean, now I'm on, I believe the sixth or seventh episode, but I do. It's pretty clear in my head. I actually rewatched it maybe two years ago too. I I really enjoy that show. So <laughs> it's it's a little fresh. You, I love it. Well, do you remember Ace from the Royal Flush Gang? Yes. Yep. The little girl, right from the, or no, not no. That is Ace, right? The little girl who's on the swing with Batman, and she's like, "I'm gonna die," and he's like, "It's okay." <laughs> no, um, the actual member of the actual team. Oh no, not Ace. Uh-huh. Ten being a complete ten. Idiot. Okay, ten. Ten from the Royal Flush Gang, Melanie. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. she and Terry are actually an item in the comics right now. Oh wow, that's and if you haven't oh. read that series. 
that's one I recommend to you. It's brilliant. I think somewhere in my to read pile, I have issue one. It's really good. Highly recommend. So great stuff. So you've uh, reread by the panic, getting back into Batman Beyond. What else have you been looking at? Or has has that been taking up all your waking (laughs) hours? That has been it, and I, I shouldn't even be rewatching anything because I have so much to catch up on. But that was just, you know, it's good for if if I'm already doing something else since I've seen it, I can kind of pop into scenes that I really like, and then you know, it's not I'm not missing anything that I haven't seen before. But yeah, I I should actually be getting into some new stuff because I have a gigantic to watch and to read list. I know that feeling so well. <laughs> but even so, I did just like you did. Um, hearing the news about the Batman Superman ongoing, I reread all of Metal. Oh. And I've started because I want to know who these goddamn secrets <laughs> is going to be. So I've been trying to pick up on any hits and clues where I could. I'm going to crack and the case. <laughs> I don't think I'm even close. I'm more like closer to cracking up. Um, <laughs> I'm seeing conspiracies where there are none. Hmm. Oh, that's funny. That when he said that. Did she really? Hmm. I don't know. And I'm just driving myself absolutely insane with it. And of course, obviously, I, I re- read and review the Batman Who Laughs uh, series for Dark Knight News anyway. So I've I've reread the first four of those. And uh, yeah, I, I really shouldn't because I should be catching up on my TV as well. I've got so much stuff <laughs> with, with Krypton coming back. Uh, iZombie came back this week as well. Oh, so many great things to read and watch and not enough hours in the day. What, what are you going to do? No, nope. uh, I mean, call out sick from work a few times. I've done that. Not Don't tell anyone I have, but yep. <laughs> you think? So call out I, sick I, from work a I few times, you know. Just la 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 la. Well, sorry, pardon, what? I did not hear anything you just said. Oh, sorry. I said <laughs> call out sick from work a few times. I mean, that's my <laughs> I was being silly. I heard everything you said, but I was trying oh, to. Um, <laughs> oh, uh... The words she just said did not happen. It was all in your mind. This is a figment of your imagination. Kelly has never called in sick from work. She is far too responsible and hardworking for that. And forget everything you just said. Where's that flashy thing from Men in Black when you need it? Right. That's and I mean I I would I would never do such a thing. In fact, I'm not it's even not, Kelly. So no, you know I, I don't know what you're talking twin. about. Full <laughs> twin. Kelly's actually at work right now. She actually lives in the office. That's how I've never left. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, The other thing that I'm hooked on and completely and utterly hooked on is is Doom Patrol. Um, And I'm actually so sad that there's only like three episodes left because I'm going to miss that crazy, mental, bonkers piece of TV. I've absolutely loved every second of it. Uh, Are you up to date on that one? I am. And and don't hate me for it, but that's still on the to watch list. (laughs) It's the it's the in the to watch, like almost you, immediately. If you list, start on that, you will not. You will actually be glued to your sofa. You will be stuck there watching it because it's that good. It, I mean, for me to actually physically put up with watching it weekly is torture, mm-hmm. and I still think I'm going to watch all 15 episodes again when the season ends. It's it's that good. Um, I, so, I have to get to that one. Yeah, trust me, you you will not regret it. And then 
while you're there, also read Justice League Dark. I must stop doing that. Anyway, <laughs> I think that's about it for this week. Kelly, lovely to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining me and, and making this an actual conversation instead of the ramblings of a madman. <laughs> Not a problem. This is always, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. So let our listeners know where they can read your work and, and see more of what you do. All right. So I am, um, you know, an editorial writer for DC Comics News. So you can check out some of my work on there. And then I also have a Twitter, uh, Kel Gaines, G-A-I-N-E-S, right at, um, or just, just that. There's no at at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's the beginning, I think. Yep. Yep, that's that's where it goes. <laughs> and I have been Steve Ray. I'm a writer and reviewer for DC Comics News, as well as editor-in-chief, writer and reviewer for our sister site, Dark Knight News. You can catch all the damage I've inflicted on the internet over the last decade or so just by doing a Google search for Steve J. Ray. Uh, you can catch me on the Twitter at L Steve, which is at E L underscore S T E E V O. And that's been the DC Comics News podcast for this week. But everyone out there, I've got a very important message, and there's something that you need to do. And what is that, Kelly? What do they need to do? It is to read more comics. Damn straight. <laughs> okay.